0: Welcome inside episode 342 of the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan in the heart of enemy territory, downtown Toronto, alongside Brandon Piller up in Collingwood. And today we've got mock draft 1.0 and it's perfect timing because friend of the show, Scott Wheeler with The Athletic, just released his final draft draft rankings he's coming up tomorrow and thursday on locked on senators we also have matthew kachuk trade rumors from the flames they're spreading like wildfire through the internet so we'll address those and the senators are losing another restricted free agent to europe we'll tell you who that is this is the locked on senators podcast your team every day Today is Tuesday, June 22nd, and Pilsy, Matthew Kachuk is reportedly on the trade block. What would you make of him becoming an Ottawa Senator?
1: Well, I mean, anytime a guy like Matthew Kachuk is rumored to be available, every team should have their hands up saying, we want a chance at acquiring this guy. And if you're the Ottawa Senators, you already have Brady Kachuk, one of the two Kachuk brothers, to get both would be a massive, massive boost to this team. Now, I think, I think the real question, I think everyone would say, yeah, we want Matthew Kachuk on the Ottawa Senators. I think the real question though, Ross, is what are you willing to pay to acquire Matthew Kachuk and where is that line in the sand and are you able to cross that or do you have a strict price and you don't go past that? Like, Where are we starting with what we would give up to get Matthew Kachuk? That's where the conversation starts.
0: Before I answer that, let's give context to the entire situation. Shane O'Brien, former NHLer, now host of Missing Curfew podcast. He has source around the league. He broke, I forget which one. It might have been the Verana-Mantha trade at the deadline. One of the ones that came out of left field. So there's no questioning that he has source around the league. He said the rumor is Matthew Gachuk wants out of Calgary and wants to play in St. Louis. So maybe this is moot point all around. He mentioned Tarasenko as a piece. That could go the other way, although Calgary needs prospects and picks in that trade. No questions asked. It would have to start with a roster player, though, Pilsy. And I'm a little gun-shy when it comes to this trade. I know how great of a fit Matthew Kachuk would be on the ice, off the ice. You have to think, in a summer where the discussion is how long will Brady sign, (laughs) you got to think that if Matthew's in the mix, that's easier convincing long-term. That being said, Ottawa's in an interesting situation here where all their core pieces in the next year, two years, three years are going to be coming up for their contract. So if you're adding Matthew Kachuk to the core, his contract is interesting. He's in the last year of a three-year deal, making $7 million per, but it was a back-weighted contract. And that means to qualify him as an RFA next summer is a minimum of $9 million. So does that scare away any teams, do you think, Pills?
1: Uh, I think it would scare away the Ottawa Senators, a team that is definitely not known for handing out massive contracts like that, especially when you said they got problems in-house already. Like the last thing they really need is to bring in another big contract situation that could end up being a problem. Now, I think, yeah, we we need to decide what we're willing to pay to acquire a guy like Matthew Kachuk. But for me, I also think that, maybe it's not the best scenario anyways. Like I'm not willing to overpay to acquire him because the only positions I'm willing to overpay to acquire are a number one centerman and a number one right shot defenseman. And sure, having Matthew Chuck, if you could have first line with Brady and a second line with Matthew, that would be absolutely a nightmare to deal with. But, and I also think you got two alphas here in Matthew and Brady. Like, what would the dynamic be with them playing together, especially with Brady? Like this is Brady's team. Matthew would be entering into Brady's team. Now, before everyone starts yelling at their steering wheel and, and screaming while they're driving on their way home from work, I I'm not saying that these two are going to bicker like brothers and there's going to be problems and there's going to be a big brother, little brother kind of issue here. That's not what I'm saying at all. I understand these guys are professional and they know how to work together and they've probably played hockey together a lot of times, but I, I really think that they're better off when they're on their own and they're, you're going to see them play harder when they're competing against each other, not when they're competing with each other. I think it's it's an interesting dynamic with these two. So having said that, I'm not willing to throw the entire farm at acquiring a guy like Matthew Kachuk just so we can say we have both Kachuk brothers and we can play that physical style of hockey for two full lines and then you talk about the power play that gets even scarier when you get two guys like that and Matthew Gachuk can put the puck in the net like he's not just all grit but I really think if you're the Senators you have so many opportunities in-house if you're not looking at acquire putting all your chips in to acquire a number one center or a right shot defenseman maybe it's not the right path to take
0: yeah, he's a left winger, although did play sometimes on the right side, which is a packed house in Ottawa. Although, the more I can convince myself into this, if Stutzla is on your quote-unquote third line, to be more so, that's not the worst thing, right? That's where he started this year. And then as it played out, the performance level dictated that they were the de facto second line, right? Salary-wise, Dadanov, Paul, and White would should be considered the second line, but it was pinto Connor Brown and Stutzla. So what would you think? Like you keep that kid line together with Norris, Kachuk, Batherson. Then the second line, you're coming at you with Kachuk, Connor Brown and Shane Pinto. And then that pushes Stutzla down to a a different situation. But all that being said, I think this is a bit of a pipe dream right now. Of course, I'd love it. The storylines would write themselves. And to touch on the the dynamic, if they got out of line, you don't think Big Walt's going to come in and straighten things out? What's next? Is he going to be the head coach? Are we going full Kachuk nation here in in the nation's capital, but it's awesome to think about. It's fun to discuss and dissect on a June afternoon when the Sens haven't played in almost 40 days, but is it realistic, Pilsy? That's the question you have to ask. At Sens Central, we put out a tweet saying, these were the guys we would not package with the 10th pick because you have to think that if Matthew Kachuk's getting moved, a first rounder in this year's draft would be included. I'm not adding Brady Kachuk, Thomas Shabbat, Tim Stutzla, Jake Sanderson. Those guys are the absolutely obvious ones. Josh Norris, maybe you mix into that as well. But with Connor Brown and Shane Pinto, I'm not I'm not adding those guys either. So maybe I'm with you, Pillsy, in that there's no need to force this trade. And also, Brad Tree Living would understand that desperation, and then you start asking for more. That nine million dollars on a qualifying offer going to next year, and then he controls his own fate two years after that, that's where it gets dangerous, where there is some risk involved in adding Kachuk on the team, despite how unbelievable of a player and fit he would be in Ottawa.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing. I think there is some risk involved there, and yeah, like we want to make it clear we would love to see Matthew Chuck on this team but is it worth overpaying for I don't think so it just doesn't quite mesh with what the Sens have going on right now and if if you're Matthew Chuck are do you really want to go to Ottawa too and I'm not saying that as a as a Matthew Brady kind of thing I'm just saying that in general like you said it's rumored that he wants to go to St. Louis that would make a lot of sense for him for the St. Louis Blues, and there's probably some other teams ahead of his list that he has uh, ahead of Ottawa, right? So I think it's fun to talk about. We we had to discuss it on the show. It's something that uh, just makes your eyes go wide when you think about the Kachuk brothers. Imagine them even playing on a line together for a little bit, maybe on the power play, like that would just be absolutely wild. But yeah, I'm with you, Ross. I think it's a bit of a pipe dream and it just doesn't quite work right now
0: if you want to see the Kachuk brothers play together, you won't have to wait long as the 2022 Olympics are heading up next year. And you got to think both those guys will have a great chance to represent the United States. Still hockey ongoing in the national hockey league is in the semifinals for the Stanley cup, the Tampa Bay lightning flexed their $18 million over the cap muscle last night, but then they even got contribute. You knew it was a blowout pussy before this, but when Luke Shen, Scores the eighth goal of the game, a Leafs fan rolls over in their grave. Because not only that, but Matt Martin had the game winner the night before. So it's uh, it's the knife that keeps on twisting in the hearts of Leafs fans. But all in all, jokes aside, that was a complete blowout win. And now Tampa takes a 3-2 series lead back to Long Island, where now they're going to have to try to win on the road.
1: Yeah, that was definition blowout. I mean, 8 nothing. Good thing Pillsy's parlay was Tampa Bay money line in the over of five. You're <laughs> welcome, people. I got you Got got you started off real nice on a Monday. Get those green numbers rolling in. But yeah, and this the crazy thing about the Tampa performance, Ross, is this was an entire team effort. Usually we're talking about the Islanders having a full team effort. The only forwards that did not register a point for Tampa Bay were Tyler Johnson and Barclay Goudreau. Like, Wow. This team was clicking on all cylinders, and that was apparent when they scored eight on the Islanders. Like, thank God they're coming back to Nassau Coliseum because they need that boost in a big way for this next game.
0: Something you don't often see is the pulled goalie, backup comes in, gets hurt, and then the initial starter who had to feel shame because he was pulled after four goals has to go back in and mop it up. Pilze, as exciting as these playoffs are, and we have Vegas Montreal tonight, really stoked and looking forward to that. Who do you think starts quickly uh, between Flurry and Leonard tonight?
1: Well, it depends. How active is Twitter uh, bashing Robin Leonard today? That's a real interesting <laughs> story. Is Robin Leonard going to have the proper motivation to be ready to go for this game? But all jokes aside, I really do think you you let Leonard have another chance at this, right? Like, the reason Flurry was pulled is, or wasn't started in this game, he had a mistake that can only be chalked up as a fatigue mistake, right? Like, there's, there's no other excuse for what happened there, and that cost them that game, and that altered the series massively. Now, you get a guy like Robin Leonard who's, feeling confident he's motivated he only let in one goal and it was a breakaway goal at that so not completely at fault so you got to think that this guy's ready to go and the this is a goalie tandem that won the Jennings trophy this year Ross like it's not like it was it was Marc-Andre Fleury and just some backup guy like just some extra warm body
0: Leonard's making five million dollars
1: Yeah, he's the goalie of the future for this team. He has a longer contract. Marc-Andre Fleury has one more year left on his deal. So they want to see what they can get out of Robin Leonard too. Like if you don't trust him now, what does that say for the future? And he's shown that you can trust him. Yeah, there was that 7-1 beatdown that Colorado had. But I think we can all agree he wasn't really put in the best situation to succeed there. So that can't be fully on Robin Leonard. And I think Pete DeBoer... He knows what he's doing, obviously. He's got a good read on this team. He's he's a guy that has a lot of success in the playoffs. So wherever he goes, is going to be a good decision. But if you ask me, I think Robin Leonard gets the next start.
0: Tied at two, back to Vegas for game five. And by the time you're listening, you might even know which goal he starts as we're recording bright and early here on Tuesday morning. Bilzi, what's great about Leonard and Flurry is they support each other We all need support, and our vehicles do too. And if your vehicle is missing a brake, anything really, even if you need new carpet inside, go to rockauto.com. It is the one-stop shop, and it's all online too. They're ahead of their time. Rock Auto is a family business. They've been serving auto parts online for 20 years. They have everything, I'm telling you. And then whether it's for your classic or daily driver, you can get everything you need in a few easy clicks because the rockauto.com catalog is so easy to navigate. It's unique. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specification, and prices you prefer. But that's not even the best part. We haven't gotten to the prices yet. The prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Just put locked on in their how-do-you-hear-about-us box, that way they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Make sure you're Locked On Senators wherever you download your podcast, whether it's the Odyssey app, Spotify, Google Play, or through Apple. And Pilsy, before we get to our Mock Draft 1.0, Oh, I have a Tuesday trivia question. We'll give you the answer to this on tomorrow's podcast. If you know it, reply on Twitter at Send Central underneath the tweet where we put up the episode Pilsy. We talk right now, Matthew Kachuk coming to Ottawa to play with his brother. The trivia question today, how many sets of brothers, if any, have both played for the Ottawa Senators? Ooh, Wow.
1: Right off the top, I can't think of any brothers that have played for the... Are you talking about the same time or throughout their no, career?
0: any time throughout their career.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'm racking my brain and I can't think of any, so I'm, I'm going to go with none.
0: All right, well, stay tuned to tomorrow's Locked On Senators and I'll give you the answer. But now let's move on to the NHL Mock Draft 1.0. Now, why is it 1.0? Because there's going to be three editions of this. This one today, then we have our Locked On Podcast Network Mock Draft, which is going to be a bonus episode for you leading up to draft time, where each host of all 15 shows that have a pick in the lottery, we gave their our picks and have like a two-minute video each. So it'll be really cool. Local experts on their own team's pick. But today, Pillsy, you and I went through it. And with the first overall pick, the Buffalo Sabres select from the University of Michigan, defenseman Owen Power.
1: Yeah, I think if you're the Buffalo Sabres, this pick just makes so much sense. Like a lot of times, like what's a famous saying is you build your team from the back out, right? Like you start with the defense so that you can have a structured uh, defensive game and you can move the puck up the ice with ease. And a guy like Owen Power is going to allow you to do that if you're the Buffalo Sabres, especially Sure, they have some uh, defensive prospects, but it's, it seems like Ristolainen is on his way out. Rasmus Dahlin needs a little help. He's a young defenseman as well. So I think if you're the Buffalo Sabres, getting a guy like Owen Power to really, <laughs> it seems funny to say kickstarting this rebuild because they've been rebuilding, but I feel like it's going to be a kind of a, a scorched earth rebuild here because they need to do something crazy. So having a guy like him kind of lead that charge makes a lot of sense to me.
0: Yeah, I think so as well. Buffalo, hopefully going to take the patient approach to this rebuild. And with Owen Power already announcing that he's all but likely going back to Michigan for his sophomore season. Remember, he only missed last year's draft by a a short period of time. So he was able to play his entire freshman season already, but He's still raw around the edges, despite how good he looked playing against men at the World Championships. He has a pro frame already, 6'5", 210 pounds, and he's only going to get bigger and better and fill into that frame. But for now, it's about just getting his reads up to speed. And once he gets that, I think he's going to be a phenomenal player. So hopefully Buffalo doesn't ruin him and they, they bring him along slow and steady because this isn't like a typical draft where the first overall pick, you can already pencil in. To your top 4D or your top 9 forwards. It's going to be intriguing to say the least, but all signs point to Owen Power being the first overall pick, Pillsy, and that leaves a pretty good consolation prize for the Seattle Kraken to kickstart their franchise. Forget the rebuild, Pillsy. Who do we have them taking at number 2?
1: Well, you know the old saying, you don't draft for positional need, you draft best player available and if you go to the Seattle Krakens cat friendly page, the only position they have is a centerman in Luke Henman. However, I still think they're going to need to take another centerman in Maddie Beniers. He is available if the Buffalo Sabres don't take him. And this is a guy, we're talking about Michigan. Again, they have a lot of talent in this top 10. But if you can get a number one center prospect to start your franchise, you I said you can start kick starting a rebuild through the back end another great way to build a franchise is down the middle and a guy like Maddie Beniers we saw what he can do in the world juniors he tore it up this year in Michigan with the Wolverines I think Seattle would be ecstatic if they had a chance to get Beniers as their first ever drafted player.
0: The thing about Baneers is he sets the tone for the franchise. And Ron Francis was one of the best centermen to ever step foot on an NHL ice surface. So he understands this as good or better than anyone who's ever been around the game. And that's you need a 200-foot centerman who can kill penalties, who can play on the power play. And that's Matty Beneers. Like He brings that responsible, reliable game, and he's going to make his teammates better. I think that that's enough of a sell job to get him into the fold. Although Pilsy much like Owen power and the Michigan Wolverines, they need to bring this kid back to school for one more year as well. Forget about the fact that Michigan couldn't even play their tournament game. Remember they had a forfeit because they had a COVID positive test that morning. Talk about a disappointing end to their season. Although Baneers did go overseas and play at the world championships, just like Owen power did for Canada. But those these guys haven't been able to live a college lifestyle. And I think that's a part of why Jake Sanderson's back too. So I think that the key for this draft class as is typical years is be patient with these players. So hopefully Beneers goes back to school for one year. I don't think Seattle's in a rush to win anything. Like (laughs) I don't think they're trying to go full Vegas and make the cup final in their first year. So I think that long-term it's a fantastic pick for Seattle to start their franchise with, but With that, the Anaheim Ducks are on the clock. And Pilsy, where do you see them going with number three?
1: Well, we know the Ducks have a lot of Swedish talent in their organization and I I think we could see them extend that even further with drafting William Eklund and this is a guy who he's going to play either of the wings. He's so dynamic. A lot of he's interesting because he's up and down a lot of different uh draft prospect rankings, but I think if you're the Anaheim Ducks, it would be hard to pass on a guy like Eklund if he's still available at 3
0: much like Beneers, a two-way semis from Jer Gardens, which is home of our good buddy Alex Linskog, last week's Send Central Citizen. You can go check that out along with our interview with Belleville Senator starting goalie Mad Sogard. But Pillsy, when it comes to Eklund, I think he brings just as much offensive upside as Beneers. The one caveat, I think he might be a guy who ends up playing wing at the NHL level. He might be this year's Stutzla in a sense.
1: Yep, I can see that. And he kind of has similar uh, dynamic to his game, right? Like he's, he's so crafty. He he can handle the puck really well. He navigates around the ice great. He's a good skater. He's got a good shot. So I could see him also moving to the wing. Like I said, maybe he plays uh, probably left wing more than right wing. I think I said both wings, but I think if you're the ducks and he's available, like what a nice addition to your roster and that team needs help scoring goals. That's for sure. Like they've got the goaltending, they've got really good defensemen. So they need some guys that are going to put the puck in the net for them.
0: I think he's a natural fit for a guy like Ricard Raquel to take under his wing as well. A guy who plays center and wing both. And yeah, there's just a nice fit there. We think, with William Eklund and a lot of teams. And we've seen the locked on Red Wings guys and the locked on Sharks guys. They want him so badly at six and seven, but there's a reason for that because he might be off the board. Just like the guy we're taking at 10 here, no spoilers. I think he might be off the board as well, but follow along pick by pick and you tell us at Send Central, we're going to put up a graphic with our picks later on where you think we either went wrong or what you believe the right picks will be. To me, the next pick is the only natural one where I'd be shocked if it doesn't go this way. The New Jersey Devils select, guess what, Pilsy, heading to the University of Michigan, Luke Hughes. And you might remember two years ago yesterday, they selected his older brother, Jack Hughes, with the first overall pick. Why does this make so much sense, not only from a genetics point of view, but on ice as well for New Jersey?
1: The brothers playing together is a real storyline today, a eh, Ross. But yeah, <laughs> I, I I do think it makes a lot of sense for New Jersey. Like they've they've had a lot of high picks. Thank you, Taylor Hall. And with those picks, they've selected forwards. Right. I think now it's time. They did uh, draft a Russian defenseman last year in the but first round. they had round.
0: three first, so they also drafted two forwards. They got Dawson Mercer and Alexander Holtz.
1: Yeah, so that's the thing. They're set up front, or at least you'd like to think they're they're confident up front. So definitely, you want to start shoring up that back end. You want to make Jack Hughes happy. You want to get a guy like you, Luke Hughes in the system. And yeah, he's going to Michigan. So if that's going to tell you how his uh, development's going to work, it's a better sign than not. That's for sure. So if you're the New Jersey Devils, you got to take Luke Hughes at number four. You've got to.
0: He is reminiscent of Jake Sanderson. I mentioned kind of Eklund Stutza, a bit of a comparable. And this year it's Luke Hughes. Like the offensive numbers haven't jumped off the page, but it's his skating and gap control and the first pass out of the zone that separate Luke Hughes in quality. I think Columbus wishes Luke Hughes fell to him at number five. They're up next. And the thing about this draft and top 10 in particular is it's loaded with defensemen and we have Ottawa native Barry Colts defenseman who played in Slovakia during the COVID pause this season, Brent Clark. How can he be a fit for the Blue Jackets?
1: Well, Ross, I think any single player, the Blue Jackets would pick, you could say could be a fit because this is a team that needs a lot of scorched help. Scorched earth. Yeah. And yeah, that's the thing. Like their cap friendly page blew my mind today. There's only two players Atkinson and Oliver Bjorkstrand that have deals longer than two seasons on this team. Like that is well, absolutely wild.
0: Ottawa was in this same position two years ago.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, and we, we saw how that went for the Sens. they really turned things on their head. So I think Columbus, this is going to be interesting off for them. So if you're looking to make a smart move, Drafting a guy who plays on the right side as a defenseman who has a lot of potential, and Brant Clark is such a good decision for them because. I think they want to see how their forward group is going to shake out. But when you have an opportunity to select a right-hand shot guy, you have to take it because we know free agents don't like going to Columbus. And even guys that they do end up having in Columbus, whether it's trade or through drafting, developing, eventually seem like they want to leave. So you've got to at least try to get three years of a right-hand shot defenseman when you can on an entry-level contract.
0: The process gets expedited as well when a guy like Seth Jones wants out. So that way there's a natural in-house replacement. Maybe not this year, maybe not next, but down the pipeline as this might be a long and painful rebuild for Columbus, or maybe not. They've got a new voice behind the bench in Brad Larson and much like Ottawa again, last year, they've got three picks in the first round. Although one of them is Tampa. So it'll be much like Ottawa's last year with New York. We're being, uh, 28th overall. And then they had Toronto's pick, which was a safe bet to get their first one. Now that looks like it'll be a mid teens pick. So that all, all in all, I think Columbus is in a, uh, tear down mode. So yeah, any prospect really, this is where they could kind of go off the board. Pillsy, would this be your first inkling of maybe we see the goalie picked? Where do you think the earliest, that Jesper Wallstat will go.
1: Yeah, I think in the top five maybe is a stretch because I think we've laid out pretty good reasons why these top five teams would go a different direction. But after Columbus, I think. Almost every team after could make a strong suggestion to say, hey, we need a number one goalie that's going to be a franchise guy for us. But I think we're going to save that for a little because I think Detroit, it's going to be so hard to see Dylan Genther there and not take him. This is a guy that some like some people have him as high as two. I, uh, he's in a lot of people's top five. The talent that they, that he has, he's able to put points up so efficiently. His point per game stats are incredible. So for Detroit, you just got Jacob Vrano. You want to get some more skill in that lineup. Zadina hasn't really lived up to expectations. You want to show Dylan Larkin. There's a reason to want to stay here. We're going to surround you with talented guys. So I think if you're the Detroit Red Wings, a guy like Dylan Gunther makes a lot of sense.
0: Before I touch on Gunther to finish off the top five thought last year, Ottawa took Jake Sanderson fifth. If they had gone in a different direction, it would have been the first time since 2001. That's right. The first time since 2001 that a defenseman did not go in the top five this year. There's absolutely no worry of that happening. So hell of a run for defenseman, eh, Pilsy that's going back 19 years
1: yeah, that is wild. But like you said, you're not able to get franchise defensemen like this that easily, especially in Brant Clark's situation, a right hand shot defenseman. So if you're a team that's looking to really shore up your decor, the draft is the best way to do that. So you've got to get these ultra talented guys in the top five if if you're able to.
0: Well, we got three defensemen going in the top five, and there's an argument for a defenseman we'll get to later. But with Dylan Genther, you're getting a guy who can do it all offensively. He's creative with the puck. And would you say he might have the best shot in this draft?
1: For the wingers, for sure. With uh, some of the centermen, like we'll, we'll get to yes. them down the list. Yeah, there's some centermen that can really rip the puck. But as far as a winger, and I mean, Genther, you could even put on an even playing field with those centermen. Like his shot is incredible. Like I said, he just puts up so many points. It's ridiculous. So him on a power play unit, it, it, like he's going to be on a top power play unit for sure. And that's something that the Detroit Red Wings would just love to see.
0: As much as they would be tempted to take Wallstead, we know Iserman drafted Vasilevsky in the first round back in 2012. Oh, that worked out pretty well. We have the San Jose Sharks taking the Swedish tendy at seven. Why do you think they go that direction?
1: Well, I mean, it's pretty easy to look at their goaltending situation and say they need a boost here. Martin Jones is not the guy they thought he was, and he has three more years left on this deal. And they've got so much money tied up in defensemen. They have a lot of money tied up up front as well in forwards. And some of these guys are still young. Like, looking at uh, their cap-friendly page, almost everyone on this team, other than Patrick Marlowe and Logan Couture, <laughs> is under 30 years old, right? So they still have a lot of young talent here that they can work with. So for me, they need to they need to fix that goaltending situation. And what better way to do it than drafting Jesper Wallstead? Like, a lot of players, like our friend Tony Ferrari, <laughs> (laughs) I think his quote was, if NHL GMs pass up on him, they are cowards because he is arguably the best prospect in this draft. They, every NHL GM says, oh, we take best player available. We don't draft by position. Well, then really, Buffalo should have taken Yes for <laughs> Walstead, right? So I think if you're the San Jose Sharks and you have the opportunity to solidify your goaltending and have a backup plan for Martin Jones, which you desperately need. Actually, Martin Jones really should be the backup plan. You need a plan A at this point. And Yes for Walstead seems like a guy who can be your plan A goaltender.
0: We talked about why GMs would be hesitant to draft goalies though, right? It's because their own job is most important and typically goalies take longer to develop. So are you going to even be there, right? Even the Florida Panthers two years later have a completely different management from when they took Spencer Knight 13th overall. So, and who knows, like David Poyle, he's been the only GM ever in Nashville, but Reports were midway through this season. Maybe he's on the way out. Although they did rebound towards the end of the year, but they took Askarov last year. So, is it the kiss of death? Doug Wilson would have quite the leash, though, right? Yeah, you are talking about a GM was gonna who's, say. who's been there. Hell, his son is their head of scouting, also.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, Doug like, Wilson Junior. How long has Doug Wilson been there? Like, I can't think of another San Jose Sharks general manager. Can you?
0: No, it. You have to be going back so far.
1: Yeah, so I think if any general manager is gonna take a, a roll of a dice, which is kind of a silly statement to say, because look, look at the teams that are in the semifinals right now. Those are all high-drafted goalies that a lot of uh, probably scouts and fans were like, "What? Why? Why are you drafting that guy?" Like, didn't didn't Pierre Maguire famously say that the Carey Price pick was a wasted pick by the Habs and was one yeah. of the worst picks ever? Uh, Sunk. That's that's not looking good for you, Pierre, because. He's looking like one of the best goalies in the league, as he should be. So I think the San Jose Sharks, it just makes a lot of sense for them to like you don't always have an opportunity to have um, a franchise goalie available. Like there's although it seems like lately the last three drafts, there's been one available. That's not always the case. So if you have the chance, I think that's the direction they should take.
0: Doug Wilson has been the GM for San Jose since 2003. Wow. And he became their director of player personnel, a role that he had for seven seasons before that. And he even finished his Hall of Fame career with the San Jose Sharks after starring for decades with the Chicago Blackhawks. And I know it was an expansion team, Pilsy, but he was minus 60 in about 65 games. So that's that's one way to introduce yourself to San Jose. But Doug Wilson has been there for a long time and I mean he's at this point the goalie Wallstadt is the best player available so there's no kind of second guessing if that's the direction they decide to go so that's San Jose and that leads us in to the eighth pick the Los Angeles Kings by many accounts already the deepest and best prospect pool in the National Hockey League who do we have them adding at number eight at
1: number 8 for the Los Angeles Kings we have Simon Edvinson going there and like this team has so much depth in their center prospects that i think it makes a lot more sense to try to go for a big defenseman that you think can r- really help your back end especially when you got Drew Doughty there a guy that can mentor him through his early years cuz i mean even past his early years Drew Doughty's contract i think goes on for the rest of his lifetime if you're the uh, LA Kings so to have Edvinson enter this lineup, maybe not right away, but eventually, would really do a lot of help because they've they've got goaltending, they've got the center prospects, they've got some, they've got opportunities to bring some talented wingers in. Now that they're kind of on the rise again, I think a lot of free agents and uh, trade options would love to go to LA to be a part of this Kings team. So for me, I think heading the route of a defenseman for LA would make a lot of sense.
0: Yeah, and many see him as a top three pick, but others see him as a guy who's only so highly touted because of his large frame and could be like a Jared Cowan type, not the best decision maker. Hey, when you have a prospect pool like L.A., and even though the names aren't as well-known on their back end, they do have solid defensive depth as well in their prospect pool, they can take a big swing on a guy who's raw, and if he develops properly, you're looking at a very intimidating defenseman. And we could look back and say it was a steal at 8th overall. Okay, we got to make you wait before picks 9 and 10. We're going to do that by telling you about our friends at Bet Bet Online is the number one sportsbook of the Locked On Senators podcast and the entire Locked On podcast network. It's the one place that has you covered and the only place we trust And we're such good relationship with them that we have the best welcome bonus going right now. 50% welcome bonus. And you can get that by simply creating an account at betonline.ag. And then when you make your first deposit, put in the promo code locked on and it's automatically in your account. You put in $200, a hundred dollars bingo, bango bongo right there right now for you to free play with. You put in a hundred that's $50 to your name. So, to win it, you gotta earn it, and that's where Pillsy's parlay of the day comes in. We need to continue this streak, Pillsy. What do you got? Vegas, Montreal tonight.
1: Yeah, I think uh, last night's parlay could not have gone any better. I mean, I had Tampa Bay moneyline and the over, and they just scored eight goals themselves, so that worked out real great for me. So I'm gonna follow that similar formula. Vegas Golden Knights money line is at minus 230 which I think is crazy that the odds are are that poor for them because Montreal has been putting up a good fight and Carey Price has been shutting the door so I think it's about time that uh, the Montreal Canadiens they're holding the fort they're trying to plug that dam with uh, pieces of tape with anything that they can do to stop this flag- Vegas floodgate from flowing but it's done. The dam is gonna crack now. Carrie Price can't keep doing this. So I'm taking Vegas Golden Knights money line. I know I don't love the minus 230 odds, but they're gonna win this game. And then the over is at minus 125. So it's very, it's the exact same as my parlay last night. Then we're gonna put 10 bucks in here. This we're not gonna get even as much money as last time, but we're gonna keep the green numbers rolling here. Monday is a win and Tuesday is gonna be a win here. Put 10 bucks in to win 1583 that is Pillsy's playoff parlay of the day.
0: Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, get into the action and don't forget the promo code locked on to receive our 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. It's bet online, your online sports book experts. Alright Pillsy, I love a mid recording news drop. The Ottawa Senators have inked an important contract extension. And we'll tell you about it right after we finish our mock draft with the ninth overall pick. This one, again, a natural fit. Centerman from the University of Michigan, Kent Johnson. What does he bring to the Vancouver Canucks?
1: An unreal shot. Like, this is like, I love his backhand. His backhand is almost as powerful as his forehand, it's so nasty the line we always hear people saying about Kent Johnson is he's like a top 99 overall player in NHL 21 when he's out there on the ice he is such a dynamic player we've been talking about guys who have those separating qualities well he does that and he was doing that on a stacked team like there was there was no space for him to be the guy yet he was an incredible player so I think if you're the Vancouver Canucks you need to really help that team like they they just weren't able to get things done last year and a guy like kent johnson a hometown kid he grew up in north vancouver he's gonna love surfing in the off season he'll probably stay there year round so i think kent johnson makes a lot of sense for the vancouver canucks
0: yeah i would like him in ottawa as well although we passed on a guy who might be the pick here i think the next two guys are pretty interchangeable but with Kent Johnson, it looks like he's playing as a video game out there. He makes moves that make your jaw drop. And with a sense team that's loaded with middle middle six players who play with edge and impact the game, guys like Gredley Gregg and Alex Formanton, who will be on their way up and Brady Kachuk, and they just have this nastiness to them. It'd be nice to add another high skill guy. So good on Vancouver, but Kent Johnson could be a guy who fits in with Ottawa, although who we have the Ottawa Senators selecting at number 10, Mason McTavish, Olten in Switzerland is where he played this past season. And he's been with the Peterborough Peets. An Ottawa kid grew up in Carp when he wasn't in Switzerland while his dad was playing his pro career. But he mixes the skill that I just said Ottawa needed with the intensity with the intensity that we know the Sens scouting staff love. So he really would be the perfect Senators pick.
1: Yeah, I think we've we've done this a couple times, and Mason McTavish is always the guy we end up landing on. Like he already has a good frame, six foot one, two hundred and seven pounds. He's a guy that works hard to win those puck battles. He has good vision. the The skill that he has is very clear. He's got a great shot. He's a hometown kid. We just talked about that with uh, the Vancouver Canucks and Kent Johnson. I think he would love to come and play here. The Senators need a guy that they can kind of envision as a number one center one day down the, down the road. And I think Mason McTavish is a guy that can do that.
0: Phenomenal player. And what I love is the willingness to adapt. Now, when he went over to Switzerland, he hadn't played in well, 10 months, 11 months, right? He went after the Christmas break. Cause he had to wait until he was officially 18 years old. I, I don't know the exact specifics of why the passport issue was, but he finally gets over there. It's mid season. He gets into a few games. It's the second league in Switzerland, so not the NLA uh, like HC Davos and all that. It's one level below. And he was playing with Brennan Othman, who's going to be a second rounder in this year's draft. But in his first five games, Bills he had one assist, like wasn't contributing at all. And then he blew up in the second half. So he figured it out as he learned to play against men. And his shot is his best asset, just beating goalies clean from all over the offensive zone.
1: Yeah. And you guys know, I love a guy that can just bring the puck in and rip one top shelf on a goalie clean and just beats him. And yeah, I, I just think like, if you're the Ottawa Senators, you want a guy like this to be available. And like Ross said, there's a very good chance he may not be available, but there's still some other good players that could be uh, there for the taking for the send. So Ross, let's lead uh, the fans through our on the board players too. If, if, For whatever reason mason mctavish is not available
0: go you go ahead i'm I'm doing some research into the contract extension that we're going to keep teasing for another minute here
1: ah yeah i'm stoked about that contract extension as well so our on the board players and i would be happy with any of these guys I think a lot of Sense fans are very high on Chaz Lucius. I think that's a guy who we talk about an, an amazing shot. Well, he has one of the best shots in the draft, if not the best shot in the draft. He did have an injury to start his season off, but he came back strong and, Just when you got a name like that, it's always fun. Him and Angus Crookshank would be quite the duo in Ottawa. And a guy that I like personally, if um, McTavish isn't available, this is the direction I would go is Cole Sillinger. He also has an amazing shot. He's a legacy player. His dad played in the NHL for quite a while. And this is a guy that I see as a number one centerman in the league one day. And if you want a defining skill set, speed then you need to look at a guy like Fabian Lysel. Now he's not a centerman, but he is someone that would add just another factor. Like imagine a a couple lines where you got to go up against Formington and then Fabian Lysel too. Like you can't, you can't contain these guys defenses for opponents teams would be absolutely spinning around like turnstiles, complete pylons, just trying to contain these guys. So I think, Either and if Kent Johnson was available, I would throw him in that kind of mix of players as well. So, if the Sens have an opportunity to get Kent Johnson, Mason McTavish, Chaz Lucius, Cole Sillinger, Fabian Lysell like that's five players, one, if not two, or three of those guys is surely going to be available for the Sens, and I would be happy with any of them.
0: We're getting ever so close to our prospect countdown. Scott Wheeler put out his rankings today. He's going to be a guest on this show. I think I said Wednesday, Thursday, but I just firmed up the time with Scott tomorrow. So we're going to save it. It's going to be Thursday and Friday, take you into the weekend with lots of great prospect talk. We're also going to ask him outside of the first round, if he was a scout at the Senator's table, who would he be banging on the table saying, take this player. Basically, who's his favorite player outside the first round? Okay, enough teasing and beating around the bush. The Ottawa Senators have a couple very important contracts to take care of this offseason. Brady Kachuk, no doubt, number one. But after that, between Mete, Batherson, and Troy Mann, you could argue that locking up the Belleville Senators' head coach was the most important thing. Hell, he's one of the reasons why Batherson has developed at the rate he has, and the Senators just announced that they have come to a two-year extension with Mr. Mann. So not only Trent Mann running the draft, but Troy Mann has just done a fantastic job developing prospects. Huge news that he will be back for the next two seasons.
1: Yet again, another brother storyline, Ross. I don't know. This is a weird uh, thing. Father's Day was just a little while ago, but is June 22nd Brother's Day officially? Maybe we got to get that started. But Filsey,
0: I will say a hint now then. My trivia question, there is one set of brothers in particular that I'm looking for.
1: Okay, so I was wrong on that one. I still, I can't, I can't come up with it. The listeners will definitely do a better job of this than I will. So if you guys know the answer, tweet at Send Central and let us know. But Yeah,
0: uh, right under the episode tweet.
1: Yep, exactly. And we'll give you a shout out next episode. I'm sure dollars and cents will be on this one. He loves the trivia. Exactly. So someone's got to beat him. Someone's got to take that crown from him. So we'll see how that goes. But let's get back to the big news. I am so fired up about Troy Mann getting a contract extension to be the head coach of the Belleville Senators. This is massive. Like you said, I think a lot of people overlook how important it is for a team that's rebuilding and has boatloads of young prospects coming into their organization. You need a proper mentor for them in Belleville. Getting the team to Belleville was just the first step because now it's in the same country. It's just down the road. It's easier to have guys go back and forth between the teams. It's easier to communicate. It's easier to keep a watchful eye on them. So that was massive, but you need a proper captain steering the ship and Troy man is that guy. Take, take 10 minutes and go through Troy man interviews, Troy man, post game clips. This guy is so intelligent he thinks the game so well and the proof is in the pudding like you said Ross Batherson, an incredible player Norris only one season under him and he's already in the NHL like I really think and a two-year deal is interesting Ross because I think that kind of opens the door for him to have opportunities with the big club later on they're saying look we understand and value how important you are to our franchise but we need you in Belleville right now. You're the perfect guy for the Belleville center. So we need you there for the next two seasons while we get these young guys that we're just drafting now developed and ready to go. And then after that two seasons, it's going to be real interesting to see what happens. But the fact that he's remaining here is so crucial for this franchise.
0: 184 games coached in Belleville. He's got 93 wins. And before the season was canceled for the coronavirus in March of 2020, the Belleville Sens were first in the North Division and second in the entire American Hockey League. He's no stranger to AHL success either because when he was coaching the Hershey Bears, he led them to two division titles and the 2016 calder cup they lost in that calder cup but made it all the way to the final so he coached 304 regular season games there he's had 184 here and it's huge that the senators were able to come to an agreement with troy mann so that's awesome news to end the show pilsey great mock draft have your say if you have any different suggestions where you think guys will go let us know at Send Central on Twitter and we'll be back later in the week with Scott Wheeler DM us if you have any questions in particular that you want us to ask him and we'll be happy to do just that the Elite Prospects draft guide as well is coming out tomorrow so then I'll be able to organize our rankings and right hit the ground running on Monday with four counting down from 75 to seventy. One. This is an exciting time to be a Senators fan. We hope that this show makes it a little bit better to be a Sens fan with our brothers, right, Pilsy, as uh, we finish off. Wait, we theory. have
1: one more brother news, Ross. I can't, Whoa. like this, this is crazy.
0: What happened?
1: Well, as we say, thank goodness that Troy Mann is sticking with Belleville. Jonathan Davidson is leaving Belleville to, guess what, Ross, play with his brother oh Marcus over in Sweden in the Allsvenskan League. Like You can't make this stuff up. June 22nd, officially, like we're calling it right now, is National Brothers Day. That is wild. But I did want to get that last bit of news in before we headed off. So, happy trails to Don- Jonathan Davidson. It's unfortunate that things didn't work out with him in in this organization but he had a lot of injury troubles on uh, as i said unfortunately a lot of concussions and he just wasn't able to click and he was a guy that never really found his place in the belleville roster and i think for him it just makes more sense to go back to his home country be with his brother on national brother day and you know what we're wishing all the best for jonathan davidson
0: the good news for jonathan davidson i'm really glad that you brought this up is that he's playing right? When you have a couple concussions like he has, and he's only 24 years old. So again, he's an RFA. Maybe the Sens do keep his rights. I mean, it doesn't hurt to it. It's not like it counts against the contracts, but he really just couldn't get it going when he did play with Belleville. No points in 12 games this year, five points in 18 games last year. He did get one NHL point, an assist in six games when he got called up during the 2019-2020 season. But Kind of funny now that both he and Vitaly Bramov have gone to Europe, which only leaves Lassie Thompson in from the Matthew Shane trade. Although with Bramov, the see you soon tweet, I feel like he, his story is not yet finished being written with the Ottawa Senators. If you're curious about Lassie Thompson, check out yesterday's Locked On Senators. We talk about what he could do to further his development next season. But for today, we say goodbye. Have a great day. Look forward to chatting tomorrow. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast. Your team every day.